John Duncan here, Blazer Victory Podcast, here with Kenneth Gilstrap, special teams coordinator, secondary coach. Kenneth, first question, have you been able to settle in your role here at UAB as a special teams coach and secondary coach? Um, Honestly, probably Monday probably was the first day I feel kind of organized and moving like we need to move. Um, Right. You know, uh, I'm I'm happy to be here. Uh, We just got to get things organized. You know, it's new staff. These guys, everybody learn how to do things different. So we just got to learn how to work at certain paces and learn the different schemes and techniques and things of that nature. But this is the first um, week I started to feel like kind of settling in and guys kind of learning the scheme and things of that nature. And still got a couple weeks too. So oh, yeah. so coming from Middle Tennessee, I know that was your alma mater. Like how how hard was it for you to kind of move on from, you know, Brent Stock still in that program after being there for so long, you know, not only is coaching for a few years, but also playing there for a few years? Um. I got emotional, but it wasn't an emotional decision. It was really hard. Coach Stock still uh, probably did more to me than any man besides my father or my grandfather in my lifetime. Uh, you're talking about somebody that gave me opportunity to play, opportunity to do two sports in college, opportunity to get a master's, then the opportunity to coach. So it was really hard for me to leave there. Um, but Middle Tennessee did what it was supposed to do for me from a university standpoint. They helped me develop as a man, as a coach, in a professional sense. Right. I should go to college for mm-hmm. um, from a, from an athletic sense. They they helped me uh, develop there. So and they helped me develop off the fields also as a man. Some of the conversations I had with Coach Stock still um, went when miles gonna go miles ahead in my life and the developmental piece that Middle Tennessee State has done for me is, is priceless. And honestly, too, I didn't know that you played two sports. So what was yeah. the second sport that you oh, played? So I ran track in college also. Tra- okay, yeah. that's right. That's right. I remember that. Yes, sir. Nice. Well, so I guess the next question, why UAB? Like, or, or why Trent Dilford? Like, why why, why leave middle to come to UAB? Um, it was time for me to grow. Um, and it was opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Stockstill did an amazing job with me and helped me develop. Uh, it was just opportunity that I seen as a as, – uh, when I came and did my interview with Coach Dilford, uh, you know, I, I pray a lot, you know, God led me in the right direction. I had no intentions on t- taking a job, but I sat with him and Coach Sione, um one night, probably 12 o'clock at night, and uh, God placed it in my heart to be here. Uh, I seen the energy they had, and that's what I wanted to uh, kind of grow my next step to be. It had to be somewhere special to take me away from Middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that had to be my next step, and I, I prayed about it, and that, that's what led me. And, you know, being in Murfreesboro, you know, being so close to Nashville, right. and, you know, Trent, right. Sione coming from right. Lipscomb, um, but did y'all have any prior interactions no. with it? No. So I still okay. don't know how they got my information. I still <laughs> right. don't know anything. And I thought I think that was um that was a very important piece of it. That's why I felt natural to me. Um, yeah. I didn't go out looking for a job. You know, um, I've, I've I've tried to go get jobs before, but I rarely do it. And uh, every job I've gotten, I rarely go after it. It just comes to me because I, I said at night and I prayed. Um, funny story. I prayed like, man, God, I want elevation and growth. My career and my life. Uh, I left out of the first bowl practice we had after we get, got out of, done with winter recruiting, mm-hmm. and I had a call. It was voicemail from Trent Dilfer. Wow. So you know, and it was it was surprising to me because I was like, I don't know this guy. You know, <laughs> right. I don't know anybody that know him. Yeah. Um, now the people that I did know him, I called him and made sure I vet them. Like, you tell Coach Dilfer about me, and everybody said no. Like, wow. So you know, so I think that's just God. Well. You know, coaching against UAB last season with Middle. Right. I know you had a hell of a secondary, you know, hell of a special team. Right. Like, but did anything kind of stand out to you playing, you know, in Protector Stadium last year? Like, were you thinking, like, man, I might be, <laughs> you know, in the future? Or did anything stand out? Crazy story, man. I walked out of that stadium. You know, we got murdered uh, by UAB. I walked out of that stadium. I said, man, this is cool. 
Oh, this is a neat deal. You know, you're walking out of the stadium, protective stadium. You got bars. Mm -hmm. You know, you got Top Golf right there. The energy of the new stadium. I was like, man, it's cool. You know, uh, and, and it ended up happening. I'll be honest, like some of uh, like I so I recruited Mac McWilliams um, out of high school. I really wanted him really bad. He was actually my top corner out of anybody in the country. Uh, four stars, five stars, all those guys. I had to see them live. I really wanted them. So uh, that was enticing. Oh, you're right. <laughs> that was enticing. I, I would be lying to you if I didn't say that, yeah. Right. To get the opportunity to coach him. Well, obviously, you know, three weeks in, spring ball, ha has anybody stood out to you? And that could be special team, secondary, just anybody in particular that you want to shout out that you've noticed through these first couple of um, weeks? Honestly, uh, two guys, uh, now I'm not going to say they starters or nothing like that, but right. uh, Jalen Key, uh, I'm really intrigued to work, uh, work with him because of uh, – not only his skill set, uh, I just want to, I like, I like, I think he's a really smart football player. Everybody talks about his athleticism, but I think he's intelligent. Um, mm -hmm. So I want to keep on building on his, on his brain. I want him to uh, keep developing because my, my goal is to make him a draft pick next year. And then also uh, Kobe Dempsey uh, is really, uh, he always got a space for me. Uh, I, I went and recruited that kid uh, when I was in middle. Um, he was getting on a train and a bus like an hour every day. Wow. So I flew from Palm Beach to Fort Lauderdale. Mm. Um, and uh, we couldn't take him. I ended up, uh, I'll be honest, I ended up taking, uh, we ended up not getting him. He ended up coming to UAB, but he always had a spot in my heart because uh, he had a story, and uh, I thought that was really, I, it kind of gave me, felt like hoop dreams. Like he was waking up and just chasing football. So, right. you know, uh, I thought those those two guys, from a standpoint of like, I want to help him develop because I see that he care, um, he's invested, and then I see the uh, growth potential with Jalen Key as a leader off the field as a man. I think he has real leadership skills as a man. If he's in business, he's a teacher, um, he's a coach, he's a player. I want to help him develop there because I think he, he got a certain presence about himself. Well, what? speaking of the secondary, so what, what traits do you look in in, in a defensive back? Like, what, what do you look for? Um, it's all athleticism. I'm trying, I, so I say real estate. So I want a guy that can cover the most amount of real estate. Um, from a standpoint, can he run on the ground? Can he jump high? Uh, can, he, can he maximize? The amount of real estate that he can cover that's going to be more mostly important then i got one that got to love football yeah because i'm going to challenge him i'm going to push him to the max um we'll make it hard work, on him yeah. uh, so those are the two two traits the most important traits awesome and how how hard is it for a defensive back in the offense you know the, with the officiating and the the way the offenses are airing it out more like these days and i know you you know you right, played right, right. but how so how hard is it for a defensive back uh, with, you know, pass-happy offenses and the officiating? Like, how, how hard is it to coach them now? Like, you really can't touch <laughs> touch a wide receiver. I'm going to say this. Uh, it's probably the biggest character piece yeah. um, from a football standpoint. Uh, left tackle, quarterback, and corner. All right? Because if you if you win the game, uh, you know what I'm saying? If you win the game, they don't know what you did and what you didn't do. If you lose the game, okay. everybody will see it. Uh, but I think it's hard, but it's fun from a standpoint. When I played high school football, everybody ran the wing tee power out football and now you're looking at these guys throwing the ball around so um it's a different game you got to adjust man i think the special coaches from nba to nfl when i look at the highest level of sports um major league baseball with the time with the clock now you know everybody adjusts you know you got to find ways to adjust you know baseball they may be hitting home runs or it may be great pitching you always got to adjust as a coach and if you don't adjust you get left behind so i'm always willing to adjust you know, uh, whatever comes in style the next time, I always really adjust and I always create new trends and adjust to the trends. Uh, so I think it's really hard, but it's fun. Um, you got to have thick skin. You got to gotta have like a hustler mentality where anything can always happen. You always got to be able to adjust.
And Kenneth, can you talk a little bit about the culture that, you know, Trent Dilfer and, and the rest of the coaching staff have, have kind of started this spring here at UAB? Um, I wake up every morning, and uh, I love coming into this office. Uh, that's hard to find in, in today's world with uh, social media and things that can distract you. Uh, I think right now you talk to the players, it's the feeling I got me being an ex-player 10 years ago. Um, you talking about a culture of wanting to wake up and chase the best version of yourself every day. Uh, Coach Dilfer talks about uh, being a servant. Uh, that's that's really important to me. Uh, I, th I think that's really important, being a servant and talking about these guys. These players wake up and chase it every day, and we push them to the max. So um, if we lose, uh, if we lose, like, they're going to have to earn it because we earning it every day. You see that on the shirts. Mm -hmm. um, you see it, and Coach tells us we got to earn the guys' trust, and we, we push it to the max every day, man. I love it, man. I wake up every day, and I run to this office. I spend time with my son, and I'm coaching ball. And so, like, that's what I always dreamed of. So. Um, I, I love working for Coach Dilfer. I love working with Coach Sione and the staff. We crack jokes, but we go to work every day. And we don't waste time right. you know, on today's side. We don't stay up and guard the desk. We go, we come in, we put, we put the pedal to the metal, we get into work. And, Kenneth, you know, you got a scrimmage this Saturday, spring games next Thursday. What are you looking to get out of these last couple weeks? Uh, for me, is um, I want to develop. I want to develop these guys. So this is the last time you honestly get to coach them from a football sense. Um, because you do some drills and things of that nature during the summer. You see them moving around. Mm -hmm. So you want to squeeze as much potential out of them as you can. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so that's the main thing. Squeeze the potential out of them, and I want to earn their trust this, these last, this last week. So when we're talking about guys like Ike Rowe, 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 I hope I said his name right. You know, a guy that can you – know, nobody believed him. The guys nobody believed him. Keon Hadley, walk on, nickel. Right. He's out here making plays. Mm -hmm. I want those guys to keep developed. So we're going to keep developing the depth mm -hmm. and keep pushing it envelope further so any guys is not clicking right now I got to find a way to make it click any guys is clicking I got to make it hard for them so they can push to the next level so that's what I'm looking for to squeeze the life out of these guys so. <laughs> definitely well Kenneth last question so a lot of people don't know but you're an author right right you wrote a book uh, boy from the swamp yes sir um is it and it's a fiction book if I'm, yes sir can so you tell our listeners story. a little bit about it uh, so it's a fictional story uh the swamp boy from the swamp the swamp uh, I'll give you the nugget before you read the book hopefully I'll go out there and read it uh but the swamp is basically uh based upon the neighborhood I grew up in and it's a crazy story it's Ellenwood Georgia it's a swamp so it's right by a landfill um so it's um Lower middle class community, but it's about a young boy uh, going through different adversities that every man would go through. Um, and I use a fictional story based upon some of the situations in my life or I've seen others go through, and I created this story. Um, so it's a boy from the swamp, and the swamp is the neighborhood, quote unquote. It's based on Ellenwood, Georgia. And the funny story is Coach Pat Miguel Patrick was the head coach at the school that the school is wow. based off of. My mom and dad met in that school. My granddad was kind of the, the big the big man on the block in that neighborhood. So. Um, Ricky Lee played at school in that neighborhood, um, so every roots off. So it's it's full circle for me. Wow. Uh, so it's a place that I'm prideful. Uh, I stay off Lincoln Jones Way. Mr. Lincoln Jones, one of the first black men to uh, own a plot of land in metropolitan Atlanta area. So uh, it's just a story about that 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 neighborhood, and uh, it's a fiction story to help kids, middle aged kids, learn how to read and also learn life, learn how to handle life issues, especially for man and young woman. Um, it's a love story. Uh, it's, it's, it's a story, story about um, overcoming adversity and a story about handling adversity. Uh, so this is something I did a long time ago. I always wanted to write books. I still write now. Haven't got time to write much. Uh, I was about football. to ask, is there going to be another one? Or? Yeah, I, 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 write, I write more books, but I don't have a time clock. I don't have a goals. Whenever God speaks to my heart, I, I write a story. Uh, so. And for our listeners, where can they go to purchase? So they can go to my social media mm -hmm. and click the link in my bio, or they can go to kenofgillstrap.com.
Uh, or if they ever want to reach out to me, email via uh, email or my number that's on the site, I'll be sure to get them a copy. Uh, so, yeah, man, it's just something I did. Uh, and it's honestly it was for my son. When I had a son, before I even had my son, it was for my players. Because I wanted them to know that they can do anything outside of football. Because a lot of times they come into college, they don't think about life after football. So. Well, I love it. And guys, our listeners, I will put a link under this podcast description. So yes, you sir. can just click on that and go straight to get the book. But Kenneth, thank you so yes, much sir. for hopping on the podcast right, and enjoy yes, the rest sir. of your day. I appreciate you.